0: I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. What's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the after the storm podcast season two episode five and it's been a great week for myself and specifically for the podcast last week's episode was one of the best ones we've done so far and some of the feedback that I've gotten that Andrea my guest has gotten has just been overwhelming to say the least And it was pretty cool to see on her end just how many people reached out uh, and told her how much they related to her story. And I could see people reposting the episode on their Instagrams, on their socials, people that I've never met, people that I'll likely never even get the chance to meet, speak to, or even thank for sharing or for listening. And so it's pretty cool. I guess this is the closest I've ever felt to being a musician or an artist where people just share your music on from Spotify or Apple onto their socials with other people so it's was, it was a pretty pretty cool and gratifying feeling but the most important part of it was that it hit at the core of what this show is about and that's pretty much the idea of giving people a space in the platform to tell their stories so that others can hear it and understand that they're not alone and that people out there relate to them. Because even if your story and my story aren't completely the same, aren't directly correlated, there can always be core foundations, core elements of each of our stories that we can relate to and we can bond over. And then realize that we're not the only ones out here going through some shit. So really, it's been overwhelming just the support and the feedback, the messages and everything from last week. And then to top that all off, uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, I got to speak in front of a bunch of like junior, senior graduating kids at the University of Miami, which how the hell did that even happen? But it's pretty cool. I'd never done anything like that. And when I was asked to do it, I didn't hesitate because I know that if I overthought that, I would have just said no because it's something completely out of my comfort zone, something that I've never done. But in reality, speaking in front of people is something that I've always been comfortable doing. And I guess the podcast is kind of just a way of expanding beyond that point. But it was pretty cool just sitting there. I mean, I I did feel old, I'm not going to lie, because I'm 29 and I was talking to a bunch of 20, 21, 22-year-olds. And the last time I had been in a college classroom was probably like 2016 or 17. So it had been a while. I got lost on campus, but it was all good. It was all worth it. Got to not just talk about my podcast in specific, but also about just podcasting, blogging, marketing, all these kinds of things. And spit some wisdom to, uh, I guess, the younger generation. It still feels so weird saying that kind of stuff. But it was cool. It was dope. And it just, it, I could have never expected all of the, the feedback and all the opportunities that have been coming, uh, specifically from this season alone. And so I'm super excited and looking forward to building off of that momentum and continuing to expand and make this show even better than it's ever been. So again, from the bottom of my heart, for the people that listen, for the people that share, for the people that... Uh, reach out to me and or anyone who just supports the whole movement it's pretty awesome and uh, extremely gratifying so once again just uh, my opportunity to tell you that if you have any project anything you're holding off on any kind of thing that you're kind of scared to put out there just do it because as long as it satisfies you that's all that matters because when once you start doing this for other people that's when you start kind of losing your motivation and losing the actual reasoning behind why you're doing what you're doing. So put it out there. The worst that could happen is you hate it. You end up not liking it. And then you just move on with the rest of your life. But you can never say that you didn't try. And I just hit you with a whole bunch of cliches. But to be honest, it's been that kind of a week, a week full of cliches, a week full of Uh, just one-liners about just living your life and doing the things that make you happy and motivate you so again one last time thank you to everybody who's been along for the journey so far it's been truly truly humbling and amazing and so with all of that being said let's get on to the focus of today's episode today i had another one of my good friends come on the show share her story we talk about everything from relationships to healing your inner child to uh, creativity and what that does for your mental health and your psyche as well as a plethora of other topics and so i'm looking forward to you guys hearing that conversation that interview as well but before we get into that you already know how this goes for those of you that don't know, my name is Eddie, and I'll be your host and guide through the After the Storm podcast, so feel free to sit back, relax, and unwind as we go through this journey of life, self-acknowledgement, and of course, music.
1: You've got this new head filled up with smoke Got my veins all tangled, close to the jukebox bars you frequent—the safest place to hide. A long night spent was your most obvious weakness. You start shaking at the fly.
0: What's going on, everybody? We're back with another interview after the storm, episode five. And I'm super excited today to welcome a dear friend of mine who's apparently I didn't know her last name until just about five minutes ago. Uh, But welcome to the show, Caitlin Martin. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I know we've been talking about it for a while now.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but excited to be here and chat. So, yeah,
0: Same, same, same. So uh, as you may or may not know, I like to start all of my guests off with a little podcast, Icebreaker Questionnaire, just so that people kind of get to know a little bit about you and just yeah, just to pick your brain a little bit and just get kind of the juices flowing for the rest of the conversation, all right? Is, are you ready for this?
2: I'm maybe halfway ready.
0: Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> Okay. Right, let's do it. Okay. Question number one, Kate, what is your favorite song?
2: Oh, you know what? This is actually going to be really cheesy, but it's Elvis Presley. I can't help falling in love.
0: That's a great song. <laughs> it, <laughs> I it's love cheesy.
2: All it's cheesy as
0: hell, but it's a great song. I love that song.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Number two, if you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be?
2: Oh, wow. You know what? This is actually a hard tie. So in in two different genres, but I would say either Fleetwood Mac or A Day to Remember.
0: Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> Very different.
0: <laughs> okay. Number three, you're stranded on an island with no signal and can only take one item with you. What are you taking?
2: Oh, no. Um, can the item be a living thing?
0: No, it's an oh. item. <laughs> it can't be a person.
2: <laughs> no, I was no. going to ask about my dog.
0: No, no, you can't take moose. No.
2: Um, okay, so I have no service. I'm on an island and I only mm-hmm. have, I mean, I feel like the smart thing would be something for survival, like knife or something but i have horrible hand eye coordination (laughs) so um i guess i'll just go with that because i feel like i would be able to cut twigs and get fish and stuff
0: cut twigs okay cool.
2: yeah you need to build a fort or something you never know i watched a couple episodes yeah i mean i've seen naked and afraid so okay
0: Okay. I, okay. So, strat. So that was a more strategic answer. I respect that. Okay. Number four. <laughs> what is your favorite personality trait about yourself?
2: Oh God. Um, ay, ay, ay. Um. Wow, that's actually a hard question. I've never mm-hmm. been asked that before. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say. My, I'm very open-minded. I would say, and like very open to like try things, and um, I would say that, or my ability to talk to anybody.
0: Okay, those are both great answers. Took you a while to get there, but you got there. Yeah,
2: I I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, it's it's weird. It's like when somebody asks you to like describe yourself, you don't know what to say.
0: Just a sidebar. One of the things that I, I like to to get people to do on the show is to talk about themselves more, which I know a lot of people aren't always comfortable with, especially when it's something like, what do you like about yourself or what do you dislike about yourself? It's it's kind of a diving deeper into the psyche yeah. of the person. But both of those things that you said, I can totally back. I You're super-minded and you can talk to a fish. So, you know, I do <laughs> feel that. Okay, let's move on. So the question number five, celebrity crush.
2: Oh, uh. Okay, so I'll give you a good one. When I was in middle school, I had a picture of Orlando Bloom taped to my locker. Orlando. Is he is he still my celebrity crush? Probably not. <laughs> but he was my first and you always remember your first.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting way to go about that. That's saying. All right. Number 6. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
2: Um Oh, uh Other than my own, Um, I think if I could change careers in a heartbeat, I would, I mean, it's something I've already kind of dabbled in. Can I still say that?
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, I think, you know, easier said than done, but would go back and be a still photographer on set.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's been an awesome profession. Okay. Number seven. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be?
2: I 100% would say my anxiety.
0: Okay. Number eight, what celebrity or public figure would you, could you completely live without?
2: Oh, you're really going to hate this one.
0: I know, I, where, <laughs> I know where we're going. I knew. I know where we're going. I knew it. <laughs> I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's fine. I don't
2: hate him. I really try hard not to hate people. I would just say, you know, like not a fan.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I'm not a fan of the man either. I just like his old music. That's it. That's all it is. Okay. Last two questions. My two favorite questions to ask. Number nine. If you had one song left to live, what would it be?
2: Like, what song? Like, the last song that I could ever hear?
0: Yeah. It's like, you, the song oh. plays, and at the end of the song, that's it. You're out.
2: Oh, wow. That is so depressing.
0: Yeah, but it, that that is the strategy and the question. Do you want to go out with something glamorous? Do you want to pick a longer song to extend the time? Do you want to go with your favorite song of all time, Elvis Presley?
2: Oh, no, Good no. choice. My first thought... Okay. You know what? I always have two. I always have two answers. I'm also very indecisive. So (laughs) I would either say it would depend. Did I have a good day? If I had a good day, wait, let me reverse. If I had a bad day, I think landslide would be a really dramatic way to go out by Fleetwood Mac. If I had a great day, hate it or love it by the game.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That, that went, that I did not expect it to go that way. That'd be good. Right. It's like a hype song. That's great. A great to no. out. That's great. I just, I did not expect from you to go from Fleetwood Mac to the game, but honestly, I maybe, maybe I did expect that, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Finally, final question. Number 10, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pretty gates?
2: Oh shit. <laughs> that's Literally what, that that's you what you would want probably. to say.
1: He would probably say that. <laughs> That's what he'd say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That's
0: good. That's shit. a good answer. That's a good answer. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So that was it. That was the question there. You know, feeling good, feeling loose now, right? Getting yeah. ready to go into the yeah. conversation. That's good. That's good. All right. So let's start off the conversation with the same question I always like to ask everyone I have on the show. It's a question that I feel we don't ask each other enough. And sometimes when we do, we get very vague answers in return. And that question is simply, Caitlin, how are you?
2: I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm good, but I'm exhausted currently, tired, Mm -hmm. but good. And I can truthfully say that.
0: Okay exhausted but good okay that's that's great exhausted from a like a a long busy day or exhausted just from what
2: exhausted from work um work life I feel like I've been kind of overdoing it and I'm trying to get better at listening to when my body needs a break so
0: okay yeah it takes time to figure that out too all right so let's get into it so Kate I reached out to you about this conversation pretty early into season one and here we finally are, right? (laughs) (laughs) And one of the main reasons uh, that I reached out was that I always admired your personality as a creator from afar. And as one myself, I always like learning what it is that got you into that world and more importantly, what it does for you. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to hit rewind a little bit and start at the beginning. So I do know that you moved down to South Florida from Georgia just a few years ago. So, I'd like to know what it is that brought you down here and what life back home was kind of like.
2: So, wow. You know what? Just for the sake of being fully transparent, um, came down for a relationship
1: mm-hmm.
2: and don't love sharing that. I definitely don't share it in interviews. Um, but yeah, that was why I made the move to come down. I loved you know growing up in georgia i hadn't experienced anything outside of georgia i had moved to multiple different towns there i grew up you know kind of in the suburbs i lived in the city i lived in the mountains so i did a little bit of everything but had never experienced florida made the move and here i am
0: life back home was i mean how do you remember it? Uh, your upbringing there you were there for the majority of your you know, growing up and then obviously some part of your adult life as well. So what was that like?
2: Yeah. I mean, so it was interesting, obviously growing up in Georgia, because it is very, it's so different than South Florida. So I grew up in a small town about an hour outside of Atlanta. And, you know, at the time it was the only thing that I knew, like, it was great. Like I had friends, I went to school, you know, I was with my mom. Um, I think, like, for me, like, the biggest turning point is when I moved to Atlanta because I got to experience so many different things and meet so many different people, and it was just really the best thing that I could have ever done. I'm a huge advocate for moving out of your hometown. If you have the chance to move out of state, it's incredibly hard, but you just, you don't fully know, like, what's out there. You push yourself. So, I mean, my life was kind of like any other you know, but this is such a bad answer.
0: <laughs> a good, what do you mean? There's no bad answer on the
2: show. I know. I'm like thinking through as I'm talking. I'm like, hmm, was my life like?
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, yeah, it doesn't have to be like super specific. I mean, you already hit on something that was great, which is that you're a big advocate for people moving out of their home city. A lot yeah. of people don't do that. And you learn <laughs> a lot about yourself when you do it. So, so, uh, We've had several conversations uh, regarding everything from religion and family all the way down to film and uh, Chief Keef's catalog of music. <laughs> um, but through those conversations, I've learned how independent you are and, well, you kind of have to be when you move your life to a brand new city. So uh, talk to us a little bit about your relationship with your family and how that had an effect on that, the persona that you have today as a fellow millennial in the later half of their 20s
2: so my upbringing i grew up with a single mom and it definitely i learned to be independent at a young age you know i kind of watched her struggle um and i always knew like that's not the life that i want you know i always had like a roof over my head and things like that but there were definitely so many things in life that i missed out on um because my mom just couldn't afford it and she was really doing the best that she could but so i started working at a very young age as soon as i could. When I was 16, I got a job. I moved out relatively young, um, 19, maybe had just turned 20. And I've been living on my own ever since. And because of that though, like I learned so much about myself. And it's like, w- what do I love? Like, what do I want to do with my life? And being independent is. is Just a very incredible feeling. It can be very hard at the same time, too, because it's also finding that balance to lean on other people and not always be so independent. That's something I'm trying to work more on. Um, But, yeah, I think that that really shaped it. My mom, you know, when I moved out, I remember just cause it was always her and I, she actually did not talk to me for about three months after I moved out. She didn't help me move anything. Um, shout out to my mom. You know, she's not a horrible person, but she <laughs> is dramatic and which I guess she, I'm dramatic. So that's why. Um, but we actually have a great relationship now. You know, I think like the distance did so good for us because we have so much more respect for each other. Um, she, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for her constantly pushing me to be a better version of myself so
0: that's that's, awesome it's funny because you're not hispanic but a lot of what you just said regarding your upbringing is very relatable to a hispanic household because for example on my end uh grew up kind of same thing single parent household uh watched mom struggle right as a lot of kind of hispanic parents get married really young and if that relationship doesn't work out then what ends up happening is the mom gets married so young or the dad gets married so young and they kind of put their dreams or whatever on the back burner so then you kind of end up seeing them struggle working you know multiple jobs and uh just trying to provide as much as they can so that's really that motivating factor for you know people like you and I who grew up in those single parent households to kind of work a little bit harder and really do the the most that you can um, and then you also said that your mom can be dramatic. There's no, there's no one more dramatic than a Hispanic mom. I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell you that right now. Uh, I
2: won't argue e- with that.
0: Yeah, even even me, uh, try leaving. Anytime I uh, I talk about moving or when I did move back to Tampa uh, or, or to Tampa, uh, my mom was just like, "You can't leave." I'm like, "Mom, what, what are we doing?" Like, if I, uh, in in most American households, by the time you're 18, they're kicking you out. You know, it's it's. It's one of those things. So even though you didn't grow up in a Hispanic household, I feel like you're one of us. You know, there's there's definitely a a bit of a resemblance there in in those upbringings. Um, Staying on that topic of family, I've heard you mention the idea of breaking the cycle in regards to family. Uh, Can you explain a little bit what that means to you and how you're going about doing that?
2: Yeah, so... I definitely think one of the things that a lot of people can relate to is their parents or grandparents never um, acknowledging the things that they did in your upbringing. And without going into detail, there's a lot of things that happened happened in my childhood that are the reason why I am the way that I am. And I've kind of seen now that I'm older and I'm not a child anymore, you can see I don't want to say like where they went wrong, but you do. You immediately think like, okay, I don't ever want to be that person. Um, But there's also not a lot of self-awareness. And I remember even too when I was in college and I started really struggling with anxiety. I called my mother and I was like, I think I have anxiety. I looked it up on Google and I was like, I'm really struggling and I, I don't know what to do. And she laughed. And she was like, well, no shit, you probably came into the world with anxiety. And it was just more of kind of like a joke than a really serious thing. And so there's the whole mental health talk as well isn't very common in my family. And so I'm the one that's constantly having to advocate for it or, um, Really, anything of that nature in when it comes to therapy and you know, when it comes to constantly working on yourselves, so I think that sometimes people, my family including, they, they just are who they are. And they, wow, I really wish I could restart this answer.
0: That's okay. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Um, You'll get there.
2: I feel like I'm shitting on my family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're totally not. Listen, listen, it, part of family is that they have to understand that it, it's not all perfect. Right, wow. like you, you have your relationship with them, but there are things, generational gaps, uh, ideas, mindsets, things like mental health that weren't as prominent perhaps in their time as it is now, and so it's just about kind of bridging that 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 gap and getting them to understand and playing on a level playing field. So y- you're not shitting on your family. It's it's natural for us to uh, look back and see. Uh, the differences that we individually have i mean i feel like i'm kind of the black sheep of my family so i i'm just like you if i go on a tangent about my family it may sound like i'm staying on them but i'm not i'm just expressing the differences so you're totally fine you you could keep keep (laughs) going trust me you're going you're answering super great so far
2: good good no so i mean and i think a biggest thing is also to uh when it comes to self-awareness i can fully recognize and admit I'm not a perfect person and I I don't think anybody is a perfect person and I am always working to look back at past relationships or maybe past arguments and see, you know, where could I have been better because I know it's not always the other person's fault whereas, you know, in previous generations with my family, they don't look at it that way. I come from a very hot-headed family and because of that, I grew up I don't like to yell and when people yell, I go into my shell because I grew up in a household where people were constantly yelling and acting without thinking. And so I know that sometimes like I can get very frustrated very quickly. And I really try to just be aware of what I people and my actions um, and really look at that because I think that sometimes people just really get caught up in what somebody else is doing. And then also with my, they hold grudges and I feel like I'm very carefree usually. And I'll talk with my mother and my grandmother and we'll both just be talking about something that happened 10 years ago. And I just don't care. And I don't get why they care. And I don't get why they're still so flustered because it's taking energy out of their day to even care. So.
0: I yeah. agree. I, I, I totally <laughs> get. Listen, I totally get where you're coming from. Uh, once again, you're you're not Hispanic, but I feel more and more like you <laughs> may be because uh, Hispanic households they hold like they hold a grudge like you have like no one else I'll tell you that. So I, I I'm totally totally with you on it. Uh, you touched on anxiety, which is a major talking point uh, for I'd say people in uh, pretty much any generation, but I've noticed recently over the past couple of years how many people how many millennials people in i guess in our age gra- uh, bracket whatever uh that kind of maybe never realized they had it that are really starting to realize it now or that they've dealt with it and just haven't really been you know outspoken about it uh talk to me about the role that uh, anxiety has kind of played in your life and some of the ways that you Uh, Try to work around it and some of the things you do to prevent yourself from getting super anxious.
2: Yeah, so I think the first time I noticed it really was college. I mean, I'm sure it was always there, but it's one of those things where I didn't, if no one's ever told you, you know, here's the signs to look out for, then you don't know. It's like you don't know if you're just stressed or what, but it was things that were affecting my ability. To go to class or my ability to go to work or to have conversations with people if they were asking for help with their homework or just little things like that. Um, so I started researching it more when I was in college. And it was also still, I graduated college in 2016, and the mental health conversation still wasn't what it was now because I don't remember anyone ever talking about it, even when I was in classes. Um, and so it's hard because you don't ever want people to think that there's something wrong with you either or or to think differently of you. And nowadays, like I don't think people do, but it's just such a hard conversation to have of, hey, I really don't feel like going because I feel really anxious. Um, So learning about that has been so much help for me. I had a pretty hard time over the last year or so where my anxiety was getting really, really bad. I couldn't drive my car sometimes. I would get very angry just like very fast and or I would hide away. I started reading books a lot and I actually thought that I was just reading because I liked reading but it turned out that I was reading because I was mentally hiding away from all of the things that were making me anxious because it kind of shuts off your mind. And so once it was kind of like a a light switch for me where I was like, I can't keep living like this, you know, like I can't, it is so I don't even want to say like stressful, but just kind of like suffocating feeling of it's like you know you're not at a hundred percent, but you don't know what to do to get yourself to a hundred percent. so for me, I started kind of deciding like I need to give all of the energy that I've been giving to other people, whether it was my family or my friends or significant other at the time, like anyone who was in my life, I needed to give all of that energy to myself because I was drained. And so what I started doing is just kind of figuring out like, what do I like? (laughs) What do I like to do? You know, like (laughs) what makes me feel good and what is just fun for me. I think something that's so important is healing your inner child. And that really helped for me. So I started going to the gym. I started longboarding more. I do my self portraits at home a lot, you know, just kind of anything that gets me mentally stimulated, but also is really healthy for me. I'm just really working at being the best version of myself. And now it's gotten to the point where if I don't go to the gym or if I don't have time to like have my me time, whether it's longboarding or you know, like doing something creative in my apartment, I can feel myself starting to get overwhelmed again because yeah like that time is so important for me and right now it's it's kind of it keeps me balanced
0: (laughs) wow that's great i actually have more to ask you about that later on but before we kind of move on from this specific topic you did hit on something and this is one of the things that i love about these conversations uh on this show or even conversations that we have uh in in real life uh it's you say things that I guess I never realized about myself even. You brought up uh, reading, for example, and how you thought you were reading because you liked it, but really you were just kind of hiding your emotions and it kept, it kept your brain stimulated and uh, kind of away from all the negative thoughts and the anxious thoughts that you had in your head. And that kind of, you said that out loud and that like like a light bulb went off in my own head because the past year I kind of picked up reading as well. I had never been a reader and for a while I was like, wow, I might be into reading. And now <laughs> wondering like, was, was I ever into reading at all or was I just reading to kind of keep my mind occupied, uh, occupied and stimulated? So. Yeah.
2: I mean, it can be so healthy, but I think I was, I read, I was trying to do like the reading challenge, but I took it to an extreme and it was once I felt mentally healthy again that I actually stopped reading as much because I didn't feel like I needed it. And then it was reflecting back because it's the only time that your mind is truly silent because it's, because you're reading.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, I mean, I definitely like, I'm still an advocate for reading. I love reading. I have a library card. Um, Ooh, look at you. <laughs> Yeah, I support the library. You can get free books. Like why would you I mean, wait, I also support writers. Let me just say that. So good. I have it's it's a hard balance, but good. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's good. Some people have fake IDs, others have library cards. So <laughs> <laughs> some people have both. But all right. So you and I are both music junkies and I've seeing the absolute chaos that is your playlist of life songs on Spotify. So with that being said, I cannot wait uh, to see the selection of songs that you've decided to bring to the show today. So as we take a little mid conversation break, go ahead and hit us with your first tune and tell us a little bit about why.
2: Oh my goodness. So, you know what? I actually... You and I hung out one time, and I remember you asked me, I think you had asked me, you were talking about songs, and we had a conversation about this song, and I told you this then that I feel like I'm going to butcher the name of it. I'm really bad with pronouncing things, and I'm going to say it again now. It's a Fleetwood Mac song, of course. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to say it out loud because I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Go for it. Oh, my gosh. Rhiannon? Rhiannon? I'm like, <laughs> trying to
0: read it. <laughs> it it says, says it in the, it. it's the chorus of the song. <laughs> what do you mean? It,
2: in that moment, in my brain, there's just certain words where I'm like, uh, this, I, this does not formulate right in my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's so funny that you, you didn't, you're like, you're worried about the way you pronounce it when the whole chorus is just Rhiannon. It's just the whole thing. That's what, that's honestly, Maybe I told you in that conversation. That's actually my favorite Fleetwood Mac song. Uh,
2: I know you also told me, and you were like, "I don't know. I'm I'm pretty positive you said this." You're like, "I don't really know how I have a I feel about kids, but if I had a daughter, I would name her that."
0: Oh my god! Now you're exposing all my secrets. <laughs> <Let me laughs> <you name> <laughs> I remember that conversation. You exposed two. You exposed two two things. One, I don't know how I feel about kids. And two, if I did have one, I'd name her after a Fleetwood Mac song. <laughs> Yes. which means that she she'd only she'd have two choices either she's going to become a, a music superstar or she's going to become a bartender there's no other way around it yeah like <laughs> okay but that's a great great selection obviously i don't have to tell you that um so okay awesome uh so here is Rihanna by fleetwood mac Okay, so I started the conversation talking about your creative side and how it drew me to reach out to you about being on the show. If you were to ask me about my creative outlets, well, we're basically right in the middle of it right now. So talk to us about that side of you, why you enjoy it, what it does for you, what it does for your spirit, your mind, your mental health, and what some of those hobbies uh, and creative projects that you like to work on are.
2: So I think the best way to start off this answer is, you know, when you're in high school and everyone is asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what are you going to study in college? I had no idea. Um, I had a lot of friends that were going for very like more traditional things, whether it was business or nursing or teaching. And I always knew that I never wanted to do any of those things. I was like, I cannot wake up and do the same thing over and over and over every day. Um, so I ended up going to school my first two years of college. I was actually undecided and I was just doing all of my core classes and I was just going because that's what you're quote unquote supposed to do. It's the pressure that they put on you. Side I if I was to do it all over again, I don't know if I would go. But um, so about my sophomore junior year of college, I finally declared a major and I declared film with a minor in entertainment marketing. And I remember when I told my mother, she was like, what the fuck are you going to do with a film degree? (laughs) And I remember I was like, I don't know. I'm going to work in TV. I guess I'm going to figure it out. Like I love TV. I love movies. I love cameras and editing and I will figure it out. Um, So I did that, graduated and bounced around on a couple of different sets and then realized that it just really wasn't for me, but at the same time had picked up photography and it was just because I had already taken all the production classes, switching over to photography was such a natural fit for me. And because I was passionate about it, I was more excited and I was practicing it more. I would go do classes for it. And I remember I was like giving out free shoots to my friends back in Georgia all the time. Um, And it kind of snowballed really, really quickly. And I got a job at a studio. I was doing that for a little bit before I moved here. And um, for me, that's always been a huge passion of mine. If I could make that my day job all over again, I would. I have so much respect for people that work in the freelance world because it is so hard. Um, So now, you know, kind of what I do is I work my day job. And if I'm ever kind of feeling inspired i've been really into self-portraits lately so i'll set up my camera on my tripod get the backdrop out you know design a little set in my apartment and kind of go from there i mean the whole process is really fun because you can set up the lights whether you want to use the set lights whether you want to use natural light um and i always turn on music and it's just a good time
0: yeah, uh, there's nothing more exciting to me as someone who considers himself a creative as well than to hear someone really talk about being in that element, their process, what they go through, adding a little bit of music, you know, to the to the to the setting as well. Uh, and the idea of self-portraits, too. It's really cool. I, I It's funny, I have other friends that are photographers, but I'm not sure that I've ever really heard of them doing self-portraits, which I think is a pretty cool thing that you do on your end as well. And I've seen some of your work, obviously, and it's pretty awesome. Um, So what would you say that this outlet has, what kind of role does it play for you uh, in terms of keeping you sane or just kind of uh, feeling, uh, you know, your time and just, uh, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going exactly (laughs) with this question, but I feel like you know what I want to, what I'm trying to ask here, right? Like, what does it do for you mentally, you know?
2: I think for me. Um, well, one, I think photography is just so interesting. So anytime I'm actively participating and doing it, it's just the fact that this thing in your hand takes a picture of a moment that is going to last forever, it just blows my mind, you know, like whoever developed the camera, I'm pretty sure I learned this in school, don't remember. But it's just so incredible that that moment is then captured. You know forever and your grandchildren your grandchildren's children and whoever it is like they'll see it one of my favorite things to do when i visit my grandparents is to dig through their whole their pictures um so that aspect of photography i just it's so interesting to me whether i'm taking the pictures or i'm digging through old family photos or whatever it is um more on the creative side so self-portraits are actually new for me as well um And it's hard so i had found a photographer on instagram during the pandemic and she got really popular i can't think of her name right now but she got really popular from doing self portraits and for me doing them it's a great way to practice new ideas so whether it's posing like that's something i always need to work on is posing and helping people pose um because there's so much that goes into photography whether you're setting it up or you're setting up the lighting and then you're shooting manual and you're figuring that out and then you also you know people are looking to you to tell them how to pose so it can be a little hard sometimes and so self-portraits you know help me learn you know with body angles what looks flattering what might not look flattering granted everybody's body is different but overall it kind of helps me learn more and then i think too just it's fun it's fun like i think i think that i i I could never live in a world that doesn't have art in it my apartment is i have a whole wall that's just got pieces of art on it photography i have a friend of mine some graphic design that she does illustrations you know um it's just very i think for me it makes me feel happy that's just period the best way to describe it i'm not sure if it like what's going on in there but um it's just kind of like that comforting you know some people like to just sit around, watch TV and I do as well, but I also like to do other stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's, it's, it's great. I always, I feel the same way about music. Why would I want to live in a world without music? It would be so boring, but pictures, photos, videos, they do help capture those moments. And I mean, I, I don't know what your photo album on your phone looks like, but mine is pretty heavy. Uh, And every once in a while, I do like to kind of scroll back a little bit and look at different eras, different moments, different pictures, videos, and just remember that they happen. And sometimes when, uh, personally for me, if I'm having like a down day and feeling like uh, things aren't going the way I want them to go, I can kind of just rely on the memories on my phone and be like, wow, look at this amazing like picture that I took at uh like in utah at like um you know in, in front of like this beautiful nature and it's just and all these concerts I've been to and it's a really cool way to remind yourself of all the great experiences that you've had as a person um and with photos too i mean you can interpret a photo a million different ways uh it's but you'll always remember if you're in it you'll always remember what you were feeling in that moment, uh, and and kind of the the surrounding emotions around it, uh, so that's really cool. I super I get super geeked about hearing people talk about the things they're passionate about. So I could sit here and listen to you talk about photography for hours. So but we're gonna move on now, okay? So uh, I've made it a pretty big point to focus this season on relationships, and now I'm sure, just as I do, that you have your fair share of stories and experiences from past relationships. But today. I'm more interested in the relationship that I've noticed you really lock into over the past year or so, and that is the relationship with yourself so talk to us about this journey that you're on on about self love and self discovery uh and how it's been going for you
2: yeah, i mean i we talked a little bit earlier about you know anxiety in general and how I was dealing with it, and I think that that kind of played into it, Um, it kind of snowballed into, quite frankly, confidence issues and I didn't, you know, I forgot how to love myself and I was relying on others to fill me up and to make me feel good about myself whether it was, you know, how I looked or my personality or whatever it was or where I was at in life and I never needed to be doing that. Because then if I wasn't getting fulfilled from others, I was feeling down about myself. And so it really was just kind of like a light switch where I was like, I need to love myself because why would anybody else love you if you don't love you first? You know, that's, you are, everybody is so unique and everyone is such an amazing person and there's nobody else in the world like you. So you should love yourself. Um, And so with that, I just was really diving into, okay, like moving forward, I'm going to do everything that I can to make myself happy. All the things that I was holding back on, all the things that I want to learn how to do, I'm going to make myself a better person. I'm going to work on building up my confidence. And so, you know, I started going to the gym and that originally was just, you know, okay, I want to go and I want to try it out just to be healthy. But I had so much gym anxiety that just going was so hard for me. I went the first night and um, I had gotten a little trial and I had so much anxiety at work. I remember sitting down with my team and I was pouring sweat at work and they, they were just like, I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't, I, it's anxiety. Like I can't tell you why I have it. I just do. Um, and so I went to the gym that night and I thought I went late enough. I went around eight 30 cause so I thought, okay, you know, it will be dead. And I got there and it was so busy.
0: You learned um, the hard way. Hey, I learned the hard like way. Prime hours. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I had so much, I, I just, anxiety just came on zero to 10 again and I couldn't get myself out of the car. So I went home and transparency i cried i was so upset i was so disappointed in myself and i kept thinking about all the times that i didn't feel like i was a good enough person or i was this or i was that and i was like okay i just need to get there this is the first step i just need to get into the gym because i'm doing this for me like i need to give to myself and so i went back that night i crawled out of bed and i went to the gym at like 10 o'clock at night and um I remember I had so much anxiety. I had no clue what the hell I was doing. And that was about six months ago. And now I don't give a shit what anybody thinks of me at the gym. I go five days a week. I get upset if I miss a day. I have a trainer now. I love going. It's overall it's mental health first, body image second for me. So yes, all the benefits are great body image wise like i feel wonderful about myself i can pick up things that were heavier i can carry groceries in one haul. but the effect that it's had on my mental health has been substantial because not only has it been helping with my anxiety but just the ability to go in there and walk around has kind of helped with my confidence you know like even just having to ask somebody how many sets they have left is nerve-wracking because you always hear the feedback you know on social media about things like that and i just don't care anymore so mm-hmm. i do that i wake up and i go see the sunrise i've done that like four or five times which is crazy because i had never done that before i moved here um and so i'll do that or going and longboarding and seeing the sunset i longboard so much now i have my longboard for a, a year a little over a year and i had only skated maybe twice it would just, it was beautiful. And I loved it. I was obsessed with it. But I didn't do that much with it. And so now it's totally beat up. I've gotten beat up a couple of times. Um, (laughs) So it's really just been like feeling myself, and making sure that wherever my next chapter in life is at that I'm 100% when I get there. Um, Because I wasn't. And so, you know, there's no more thinking like, when I go out, like, Oh, do I, Does this outfit. Do I look pretty enough wearing it? I don't care because I'm not dressing for anybody else. I'm dressing for myself. And if I think that I look great, then I look great. Or if I, if I think I look like a slug, then I'm going to go out and I look like a slug and I'm going to rock it. So (laughs) (laughs) It's been a journey.
0: That's great. You, again, you've been hitting on so many great points and uh, a lot of the stuff you talked about because mental health is such a big, uh, pillar of what the show was about and you talked about the relationship between physical and mental health that was an episode that I that we did uh, in season one I had my friend come on the show who works in uh, like physical health profession and we talked about that correlation and so to see you uh, many episodes later come in and kind of further prove that fact of of how important physical health is to your mental it's just it kind of really just it shows continuity, really ties back into, into the show. And also, I think just being outside. If you notice, a lot of the things that you said uh, that you've been doing for yourself have to deal with just being outside, like longboarding. I'm sure you're longboarding with like some, some nice views and seeing the sunset. It's just sometimes all you got to do is just like touch grass, touch the earth, and you really kind of feel more alive. Um, so those are pretty great things. And I, I had to, I have to go see more sunsets as well, but the beaches are just so far for me, but
2: uh, excuses.
0: Yeah, it's true. You have a beach like, what, like 10 minutes from you? Okay. Minutes?
2: Maybe 20, but you know what I do is I will literally get off of work. I come home. I let my dog out. I grab my board. I drive all the way to the spot that I like. And I'm there maybe 10, 15 minutes before sunset. And I, I drive all the way there and I sit my ass down and I watch the sunset and I take my little pictures for Instagram and then I go home (laughs) and it's crazy because it's really only maybe a 10, 15 minute experience, but that experience made my day instead of coming home and going straight to laying in bed like I used to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You really fill in your day with something a little more exciting. That's, I, I love that. So What have you learned about yourself along the way that maybe you weren't aware, uh, in the past during this kind of self-discovery, self-love period?
2: I think all kinds of things. Honestly, I think a lot, I've been learning, you know, kind of what triggers me. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not just, you know, learning what triggers you. It's why does it trigger you? Because if you want to fix, you know, that reaction that you're having, you have to get down to the root cause of why is this person's actions triggering me, things like that. And so really learning myself better and then also learning like with that, picking and choosing when to react because I can fully admit I'm an emotional person. I tend to base my decisions more off of emotion than I do. Common sense. Sometimes I'm just a very emotional, passionate person.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. So that being said, like really learning when things matter and when things don't, and I've learned to just not care. I feel like is the best way because I just I almost cared too much about everything that was going on around me, whether it was what people thought, what they were doing, and it was affecting me. So I've learned to let all of that go and to not care. And then also too, you know, I think the biggest thing is you know, when it comes back to like self image and confidence, I think nowadays, especially there's a huge weight on women to dress, you know, quote unquote for the male gaze and being like the stereotypical, you know, how you're supposed to dress, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to look like. And I think, you know, taking all of that weight off of, Oh, I need to be a certain way or I need to dress a certain way and just doing, you know, whatever makes me feel happy has been so fulfilling because the only person's opinion that matters is my own. And I think that's the biggest thing that has mattered. And it's just incredibly ironic. Cause it's like, as much as I go to the gym now, I'm always also wearing baggy clothes. Um, because of, it's what makes me feel great. And yeah. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that That's great. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it, you do get to that point. Uh, I think when it comes to the way people dress or, the reasons why they go to the gym. At some point, it may be all vanity. It may all be like, I dress a certain way because I think it'll attract a certain kind of person. Or I go to the gym because I want to get muscles and big and look good for other people. But I think that all those emotions eventually fade, even if those were the reasons why you eventually started doing those things. At some point, you'll kind of get into a routine where you almost forgot the reason why you started in the first place. And all of a sudden you realize I dress this way because I like to dress this way. I go to the gym because I like going to the gym and it's making me feel good. So at some point along the way, uh, not it's not how everyone starts their journey, but sometimes you get into things, not always for the right reasons. I'm not saying that's what happened with you in your case, but I know that some people, they get into some things for the wrong reasons and then along the way they end up it just becomes a part of their life that they never look back on uh and i think that's kind of a different way to to look at things as well um uh, but that's that's amazing that i think it's awesome obviously that you have arrived at that point where you know that no one's opinion matters but your own uh and that's really one of the main pillars of being truly self-aware and having that self-love um and so as we're almost about to wrap up the show i kind of with everyone i have on the show it's in the whole relationship topics and stuff like that i always do like to get the perspective because uh they you know the first three episodes i've done uh and actually at this point the first four episodes have all dealt with in one way or another relationships and this is just a very interesting time because i feel like for our parents and for previous generations The way to go out and meet people and start dating was you had to go out and meet people. You had to go up and actually talk to people and approach people and uh, be more outgoing. But now in the age of uh, modern day dating with dating apps and social media, it's kind of changed the game up. And so I, to kind of wrap up the conversation, I kind of wanted to get just your quick opinion on what you feel this era of dating is like uh, (laughs) on Bumble and Hinge and the Tinders of the world and all that kind of stuff?
2: Oh God, it's awful. (laughs) It's it's awful. Um, You know, I think if you would have asked me about eight years ago, you know, I would have given you a very different answer. I was on dating apps when I was in college and I would go meet. A stranger and not think twice about it and things like that and um you know and i'm still you know all for it whatever people want to do i don't think that it's for me anymore i definitely dabbled a little bit and it's just a lot you know i i don't um i feel like there's too often I don't know it, that noise like that Like when you're, <laughs> when you're on it, the, like the messages that you get, you're just like, Oh, like, I can't believe like, there are people out there that are saying these things and doing these things. And are they doing it because it works? I don't understand. Um, so it's, it's been interesting because I've actually had people like, even when I got off the of dating apps, um, that was another thing kind of like, I I guess it could kind of tie into like the self love journey is I started realizing that I don't need the immediate validation. Um, You know, I might like get drunk one night and download it again and regret saying this, but (laughs) (laughs) as of right now, I just don't feel like I need it. Um, And I think that for people on dating apps, it's either one or two things we can all admit it. You're either on there and you're really looking or you're on there and it's fun. It's, it's instant gratification, instant validation. Um and I just kind of decided that I didn't need that anymore. But then it's it's interesting because I feel like dating apps have kind of flooded into like Instagram and TikTok almost where I have people, strangers, you know, reach out on social media sites and it it's like no this is my personal social.
0: <laughs> I am not, this
2: is not, I am not out here, like, waving the flag, asking for this. Um, but, you know, it just is what it is. You know, it goes both ways. I can play devil's advocate with myself and say that, you know, I'm sure there's a time and place where I will enjoy the attention, but it's not right now. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a total clusterfuck, if you ask me.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a freaking <laughs> it's, mess.
0: It's all, it's all over the place. It's really just like, uh, the instant gratification and I, you know, when you're on there, you know what you're on there for. Right. Uh, but it, it's, everyone has their own opinion on it. Uh, I've seen people get meat on Tinder or Bumble and then end up getting yeah. married. So it, it not to say it doesn't work, but it just it really is an interesting time. And Personally, I'm someone who likes to meet people in person or get to know someone like that rather than having a kind of filler conversation for three days and then deciding, hey, do you want to go out for a drink? And then it being a complete and total dud or just completely ghosting uh, entirely. So it's kind of a waste of time a lot of the times. Uh, But okay, it's interesting. I I want to. Definitely get the opinions of people on, on this topic because it's just it fascinates me so much um but all right okay so we uh we're arriving here at the end of the episode um this is typically the time where i like to give uh my guests kind of the floor to just say whatever they want to say maybe something we didn't touch upon or uh anything extra that you wanted to add uh, to the show uh, this is your time your 15 seconds of fame go ahead
2: oh wow do i really only have 15 seconds uh I'll, <laughs>
0: give I'll give you 30 i'll give you 30
2: no i i don't have much to say i'm you know grateful to be here i think for me like even on the creative aspect one of my favorite things to do is to support my friends um i'm usually always the first person that will buy a piece of artwork for my friend, a t-shirt, whatever it is. It's so important. So I'm just here, happy to be here to support you, support the podcast, chat. I realize I probably talk really fast.
0: You're good. <laughs> you, yeah, right, listen, again, another reason why you might be Latina because <laughs> – they talk fast, too. They're dramatic. They talk fast. Like, this. Uh, listen, the more I hear, you you definitely have some Spanish in you somewhere. I don't
2: know. <laughs> Maybe a past life.
0: It's there. It's definitely there. That's great. I appreciate that. I, pre- I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I feel like when I reached out to you, it was more random. We hadn't really spoken as much. We obviously knew each other and would talk here and there. But when I originally reached out to you, you were already down for it. And that was without us even being, you know, a, Uh, a little bit closer than we are now but since then we've hung out got to know each other um, and I can say it's been a pleasure so far Uh, I admire you you're super creative and fun person outgoing um, super friendly I mean some of the things you say like you you say that uh, like I haven't seen like that bad side of you or like the anger I'm hoping I don't have to see it at any point (laughs) Um, but I am yet to see it so, you've been truly a stand up person. And uh, thanks again. Some of for-
2: compliments.
0: Listen, this 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 show is all about giving people their flowers. It's my favorite thing to do. It's, so, I always like to trap people because yeah, it, it gets to that point. Some people are uncomfortable with <laughs> compliments and whatnot. But hey, listen, once you're in here, I'm going to trap you. I'm going to say what I need to say.
2: Oh, I uh, will, uh, so I'm soaking them up.
0: Okay, so there you go. There's the there's bouquet of flowers. Uh, so, all right. So you know the drill. You know how we're gonna end the show. Of course, we already started off uh, middle of the interview with your first song, Fleetwood Mac. Rihanna, a fantastic choice. One of my favorite guest choices thus far in the history of this podcast. So uh, that says a lot right there. So let's see how you follow it up, Kaylin. How are we ending <laughs> the conversation today's interview? I don't know where we're gonna go because I'm telling you. Okay your your spotify like playlist is the most chaotic thing i've ever seen in my life I've, i i i i can't i i would i would love if you could just go like to it and just recite like maybe the the first like five or six songs
3: but, oh god I mean, you don't have to
0: do it no you don't have to do it <laughs> you don't have to do it don't don't do it don't do it it's fine uh but go ahead uh talk to us say what uh what song are you feeling right now what are you gonna give us
2: Okay, so it's a complete genre switch. But I feel like I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's such a like mood booster. And I think you already, once I say it, you're going to laugh. Because you'll know. Um, but I definitely think we need to end it on hate it or love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Middle school me is is fired up right now Time, me in sixth grade oh this is my jam I love Hater to Love It what what is it about Hater to Love It that you love
2: you know what just the fact that I feel like you know it's talking about how the underdog always comes out on top
1: Uh huh. I Hater listen to this
2: <laughs> yeah I listen to this song a lot at the gym and I feel like the person that i am is so different than the person i was six months ago and i think back to that person that i was and it was just kind of like a shell of who i am now and i'm like you know this is just six months in and i am just continuously working and it it's kind of like an anthem right now so
0: (laughs) hell yes hell yes Uh, two fantastic choices girl i love it game hate it or love it all right caitlin Thank you again for being on the show, for uh, for your honesty, transparency, for the conversation, and for the wonderful selection of music. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Coming up, I was confused.
4: My mommy kissing a girl. Confusion the curse coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around. Probably out will commit felony. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I want to live good. So shit, I sell dope for a full finger ring. One of them gold ropes. it told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope, Tossing. Turned in my sleep that night Woke up the next morning, niggas, a stole my bike Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good In the hood, I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could Needed the love with the underdogs on top And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops Go ahead, envy me I'm Raps MVP And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me Needed the love with the underdogs on top And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops Go ahead, envy me I'm Raps MVP,
5: and I ain't going nowhere, so you can get the loaners. On the grill of my lowrider, guns on both sides, right about the go. gold wires. is I-4-5 them. Kill a nigga on my song and really do it, that's the true meaning of a ghost rider. 10 G to take your daughter out of air forces, believe you me, homie, I know all about losses. I'm from Compton, where the wrong colors be cautious, one phone call, had your body dumped in Marcy. I stay strapped like car seats, been banging since my little nigga Rob got killed for his Barclays. That's 10 years I told Pooh and I kill you if you try me for my Air Max 95's Told Banks when I met him I'ma ride and if I gotta die I'd rather homicide I ain't had 50 cent when my grandmama died Now I'm going back to Cali with my Jacob on
4: See how Need time fly Need a love the underdogs on top And I'm gonna shine home until my heart stops Go ahead and read me I'm Raps MVP And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me Need a love with the dogs on top And I'm gonna shine home until my heart stops Go ahead and read me I'm raps MVP, and I ain't going nowhere, so you keep picking on me. From the beginning to the end, Losers lose, win is win. This is real, we ain't got to pretend the cold world that we're in. It's full of pressure and pain. Enough of me, nigga, now listen to game. Used to
5: see 5-0, throw the crack by the bitch. Now I'm fucking with 5-0, it's all starting to make sense. My mom's happy she ain't gotta pay the rent. And she got a red bow on that brand new bench. Waiting on shot, money to land, Sitting in the range, thinking how they spent 30 million dollars on airplanes when his kids starving. Pockets going and to Brenda, still throwing babies in the garbage I wanna know what's going on like I hear Marvin No school books, they use that wood to build coffins Whenever I'm in the
4: booth and I get exhausted I think what if Marie Baker got that abortion i love you my love underdogs on top And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop Go ahead, envy me I'm Raps MVP And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me Need a love with the underdogs on top And I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stop Go ahead, envy me I'm rap MVP and I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me
0: And that about wraps it up for another edition of the After the Storm podcast. My thanks again to Caitlin for coming onto the show, for speaking her truth, for sharing her story, and of course for the laughs. I hope I can have you on the show again at some point so we can continue our conversation and catch up a little bit as well. And it's almost Halloween. So for those of you who celebrate Halloween and are into that kind of thing, I hope it's the best weekend for you, and I hope you go all out on your outfits. But as always, before we go, that would not be me. This would not be the After the Storm podcast unless I left you with one more banger. And so, of all the options, I mean, I know Taylor Swift just came out with an album, and there's plenty of you Swifties out there who would love to hear a Taylor Swift song at the end of this episode. But if that's what you seek, you have come to the wrong place. Listen, I heard the album and it's okay. I enjoyed it, but it's not my cup of tea. It's not my thing. New Poppy Taylor It's not my style. And it's not that I hate her. I don't hate her at all. People think that I do. The reality is, it's just the music and I just don't connect. But with that being said, she is a fantastic songwriter and you cannot deny her popularity, her artistry, and her marketing techniques as well. So for those of you that enjoy Taylor Swift, I'm sorry, you will not hear Taylor on this episode, at least not today. So being as that I'm in the festive mood with Halloween right around the corner, and we already kind of set the precedent for the kind of music in this episode with a little bit of Fleetwood Mac uh, throughout the conversation, I figured I'd tap back into my 60s roots and hit you with one of my all-time favorite bands, Jefferson Airplane. And to keep the spooky vibes up, we're ending this episode and leading right into Halloween weekend with White Rabbit. And so, guys, as always, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Have a wonderful weekend this weekend. Be safe. Stay safe out there. Tell somebody you love them. I'll see y'all on the other side. Peace out.